0: Welcome to the NLCC Lancaster Podcast. We hope and pray the following message blesses your life. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit us at nlcclancaster.com. I take you today to 2 Kings chapter 4, starting at verse number 1. Now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha, saying, Thy servant, my husband, is dead. And thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord, and the creditor is come to take unto him my two sons to be bondmen. And Elisha said unto her, What shall I do for thee? Tell me, what hast thou in the house? And she said, Thine handmaid hath not anything in the house save a pot of oil. And the man of God said, Go, borrow thee vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels. Now, I could preach a sermon that would flow with what Brother Shock shared with us, the kingdom is within. What Brother uh, Cody Updegrave preached about the, the comforter has come. And what I spoke on last Sunday was Christ in you, the hope of glory. This would be a good place just to pause and preach another sermon inside a sermon. And that is where he said to her, borrow vessels, even empty vessels. Because the only way to get him in is to get all the other stuff out. The Philistines stopped up the wells of Abraham and they had to clean the wells out before, before there was a flow. And so maybe I'll just do that because that feels really good right there. We, we all come today, but I hope that you will empty everything out that's not supposed to be inside of you. Maybe it's an attitude, maybe it's a thought, maybe it's a spirit, whatever it is. So bring empty vessels If you want to be filled with the Holy Ghost, empty yourself, praise God, through repentance. Praise God. So Elisha said unto her, go, borrow vessels from your neighbors, empty vessels, borrow not a few. And when thou art come in, thou shall shut the door unto thee and upon thy son's And shall pour out into all those vessels, that there shall be set aside, thou shall set aside those which are full. So I speak today from this thought, the creditor, the empty vessels, and the oil. And everybody said amen. You may be seated. The creditor in our text, by definition, this was not just a woman that had debt, but this was a woman who was being taken advantage of by not being given the proper due diligence and time to repay the debt. The creditor has come prematurely. It's not time for her to pay this debt off, but he has come nonetheless. And he has challenged by his coming, her position. And there's nothing any more dear to the heart of a mother than her children. And he said, I'm coming to take your sons because of the debt that you owe. In our text, the creditor by definition is. In the Hebrew, it means it's an extortioner or a taker by way of usury and unjust gain. That's what creditor means in that passage of our text. It means an extortioner. It means a taker by way of usury and unjust gain. So we know today who the creditor is, who has come against any and all that might be dealing with situations in this life. The creditor is none other than Lucifer himself. I love the insight brought to us by the wise man Solomon in Proverbs 28 and 8. He said, he that by usury and unjust gain, he will increase his substance. And then it transitions to another he. And it's not talking about the man who uses uh, ill-gotten gain from people. This is another individual. He shall gather it for him that will pity the poor. Let me give you another translation of that particular scripture from the Message Bible. And it's a little clearer what we're talking about here. Get as rich as you want through cheating and exhortation, extortion, I should say. Get as rich as you want through cheating, but eventually some friend of the poor is gonna give it all back to them. I love that because we know that Jesus is the friend of sinners and he is the friend of the poor. And we know the extortioner And the cheater and the one that brings an insurrection against your life does not care of the consequences. He's only out for his own gain. But eventually, it's going to be made right. The beauty of being a Christian is this. The Lord Jesus Christ keeps absolute perfect records. And the creditor... This particular man that was coming against this widow, the extortioner, the taker of unjust gain, who by cheating and uh, taking gain that did not belong to him was taking advantage of her. And so in our text, 2 Kings 4 and 1, the creditor is come to take unto him my two sons to be bondsmen. A little clear definition of that is in the NLT. But now a creditor has come threatening to take my two sons as slaves. On this Sunday morning, your adversary, antagonist, your enemy of your soul, the extortioner has one goal, and that goal is to take from you what the Lord Jesus Christ has sanctioned to be rightfully yours. If you want to know the truth about the devil and his devices, read what the Apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 11. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ, and no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. I love what Jesus said in John chapter 8, verse 44, "'You're of your father the devil, and the lust of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth.'" Why? Because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. You see, sometimes Satan will tell an outright lie. But most of the time, he mixes truth with his lies. He mixes truth with lies even by twisting the scripture. Never forget... Number one, John 10 and 10, never forget that the thief cometh not, but to steal and to kill and to destroy. But don't forget, number two, the second part of that scripture, Jesus said, "I am come that they might have a life and they might have it more abundantly." Never doubt the fact that God always has a plan for your life. God always has a plan for your family, your spirit, your marriage, your future, your church. The Lord Jesus Christ will always be one step ahead of the creditor. He is always one step ahead of the devil. I can assure you of that. He's one step ahead of every evil spirit that would come against you. He's he's always one step ahead of demonic demons that would plague your mind, your heart, your spirit. Jesus Christ is always one step ahead of any devil that would come against you. He's he's stronger than all of the enemy's strongest imps put together. And you should never tremble as a saint of God, as a born-again Christian, You should never tremble because of the powers displayed by Satan. He is a defeated foe. That's why 1 John chapter 3 and verse 8 says, He that committeth sin is of the devil. For the devil sinneth from the beginning for this purpose, because of sin. Because sin comes through the creditor. The the, the sin comes through the adversary. Lucifer, call him what you will. Satan, whatever you want to call him. Understand this, that he that committeth sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. And for this purpose, because of who he is as a deceiver... Because who he, because of who he is as a thief that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Because that's him and how he operates against the widow who does not want to lose her two sons that wants the next generation to be as powerful as the former generation. Because of this, for this purpose, the son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. By staying sensitive to the Holy Ghost and by staying connected to the Word of God, I assure you on this Sunday morning, you will be empowered to detect, distinguish, discover Satan's divisive deceptions every time. Listen to me carefully. The opposite of up is... The opposite of high is, the opposite of on is, we all know that. However, the opposite of spiritual ignorance is not spiritual knowledge. Spiritual knowledge does not come to you by default. High, low, up, down, in, out. doesn't just happen. Spiritual knowledge knowledge does not come to you by default, but rather it comes through your obedience to the Word of God. Spiritual knowledge and spiritual insight comes by obedience to the Word and by applying the Word of God to your life. That's why it's so important that we revisit our text in 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 2 and 3. And Elisha said unto her, what shall I do for thee? Tell me, what do you have in your house? And she said, I have nothing in the house except for a pot of oil. And the prophet said to her, go and borrow vessels from your neighbors, empty vessels. Don't borrow just a few Elijah was saying to the widow, don't get caught up in the philosophy, the mindset, the attitude, the viewpoint, the idea, the belief that the creditor, the extortioner. The enemy has authority over you, but rather hear ye the word of the Lord and obey the word of the Lord if you would have your sons to be set free. In other words, go borrow vessels from your neighbors and empty vessels and borrow not a few. In other words, prepare for your miracle. I want to preach to someone today that this morning, in this house of worship, this is a moment that God has ordained for every individual, every family, and even our church to prepare for our miracle. Our miracle is going to come not just because we are light and he is darkness. It's going to come because we come into alignment with the word of God and we obey the word of God. When you go after your miracle this morning, mark it down, the enemy is going to challenge you. He's gonna challenge you just like he's challenging this world with sin because sin runs uncontrolled in our world. Because sin runs unchecked, unbridled, and because there's an epidemic greater than the virus we're facing in our world today, and it's called sin, that does not mean that you don't have authority over it. I want you to know today that if the creditor has come, if the enemy is knocking at your door, you have authority over not only the enemy, but the sin that he's trying to get you to be a part of. The enemy's plan is to steal your two sons. His his plan was to steal your two boys, but he failed to factor in this fact that when you obey the word of God, your future will always be greater than your past. I don't know what the enemy's dealing with, how, how he's dealing with you today. I don't know what you're up against on this Sunday morning, but I do know this. That he failed to factor in. I'm going to obey God's voice. I'm going to listen to God's word. I'm going to follow him. He's going to do some supernatural things in my life. As a pastor, I know, I can tell you, I know that if it were not for sin, if it were not for sin, every prison would be empty this morning. I can assure you, That if it was not for sin, don't misinterpret what I'm getting ready to say, every hospital would be empty today. And I mean by that, if it wasn't for the fall of Adam and Eve, we would still all be walking walking in the purity of the creation of God. They're the ones that set in motion when they fell, they crippled the human race. If it wasn't for sin, every family would be living in peace. Every marriage would be on a solid rock. Every government would get along with other governments. Every locksmith would be out of business. If it wasn't for sin, there would be no need for a military or soldiers or bombs or guns. If it wasn't for sin, Adam and Eve would still be alive today. Also, I know the Word of God tells us in Isaiah 54, no weapon... Formed against thee shall prosper, and every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. And I know Deuteronomy 28 and 7 the Lord shall cause thine enemies to rise up against thee to be smitten before thy face. They shall come out against thee one way and shall flee before you seven ways. How do I activate that, pastor? You must obey the word of God. Listen to our text, Second Kings chapter 4, verse number 4. When thou art come in, you're going to shut the door. Your sons will be with you. Pour out into those vessels and set aside those which are full. So we go to verse five and I, I set this whole message up to get to this point of obedience to the word of God in verse five. So she went from him, shut the door upon her and her sons who brought the vessels to her and she poured out. Now she's got one vessel, but from that vessel, she has filled this vessel and this vessel and impossible. This is an impossible situation. But she's filled a dozen, and now two dozens, now three dozen, now five dozen. So she began to pour out into those vessels that her sons brought, until finally she said, hey, this is still working, bring me another vessel. And her sons said to her, we've gone everywhere we can go, we've got every empty vessel we can get our hands on, we don't have any more vessels, but we got a lot of oil in this house. And the fact of the matter is, the oil stayed. I say that to say this, whatever you're facing, whatever the creditor is saying to you, we need the oil of the Holy Ghost to flow into every heart, every mind, every soul, every spirit in this house of worship this morning. Let the Holy Ghost flow empty out your vessel and let God give you the authority and the power to rise up against the creditor of your soul and let God provide you with the provision that you need and all of a sudden the sermons we've heard the last four weeks greater is he now that's in you than he that's in the world and God is going to help you satisfy every need in your family in your marriage, in your future because he knows exactly what he's doing in the moment you're in right this moment. I'm praying that God will let his spirit flow in your heart today. Acts chapter two, verse 17, and it shall, it does not say maybe it doesn't say, think about it. And perhaps it's going to happen. This scripture simply says it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God. If God's saying it, I'm listening. It shall come to pass in the last days, saith God. I will pour out of my spirit. The oil's going to flow upon all flesh. And when that happens, your sons that the creditor wants to discredit... Your daughters that the enemy wants to steal shall prophesy and your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. I'm simply preaching to you that faith moves in a realm where the enemy cannot govern. Hallelujah. The enemy will inform you that you are too late, too weak, too old, too out of touch, And too spiritually disconnected. He will tell you that the timing is not right for a move of God in your life. He'll tell you that this is not the right time for a move of God in your family. He will tell you that the creditor is going to win. There's nothing you can do but let your sons go into slavery. He will tell you the time is not right for a move of God in your church. But faith does not listen to fear. Faith listens to the word of God and when the widow obeyed the word of God, it was at that moment that God suspended the rules and the oil started flowing into empty vessels. I've come to preach to somebody today that when God suspends the rules, it's always for our good and for his glory. He can suspend the rules today. Gravity cannot stop him. He'll walk on water to get to where his disciples are in their moment of need. Nothing can stop him today. He's coming to where you are. If you have a need, he'll walk on water. He'll suspend the rules. I've had to tell people through the years that they can be saved, that God can make a difference, that God can turn their life around. I've had people tell me, Pastor, the rules of genetics have proven that I'm this way and I am this way and there's nothing for me to do about it. I came from a family of alcoholics. I will always be an alcoholic. I'm supposed to lose. I'm a sinner and there's no hope for me. I've run out of time. It's too late for me to change my ways. I'm supposed to live in this bondage. I'm living with an unstoppable generational curse that has its grip on me. But I come to this pulpit to tell you that if you will obey the word, if you will hear the word of God, God can transform your situation. If God can can take a little cruise of oil and anoint it and bless it, and that widow could fill every vessel brought to her from that little cruise of oil, I'm telling you, look what you have in your hand. It's more than a cruise of oil. You've got his name. You've got his spirit. You've got his word. You've got his power. You've got his authority. You've got his dominion. You've got him on the inside of you. It's time to take what you have and start pouring it into every empty vessel. In the name of Jesus, God wants there to be a breakthrough of healing in this service today. Get a hold of that vessel. Obey the word of God and watch God transform this church on this Sunday morning until there is an awesome move of the Holy Ghost. He will suspend the rules for you today. Hallelujah. Peter, you are supposed to be in jail. Why am I supposed to be in jail? Because Herod's command has put you there. And that is the word of the earthly king. The word, Simon Peter, the word of Herod put you where you're at. You're in the innermost dungeon. You got chains on both sides of you. You got chains on your right side, and you're chained to that soldier. You got chains on your left side, and you're chained to that soldier. You got chains around your feet. You're in the innermost dungeon. There's a guard on the outside of your door. There's the first ward, the second ward. There's another door that's locked. If you get out of the jail, then you've got to deal with the prison. After you get out of prison, you've got to deal with the gate of the city. You're supposed to be where you're at. The word of the king puts you there. The word of Herod said, lock him up. Make sure he doesn't get out. Put a guard on the right and on the left. Put guards outside his door. Make sure he's in the innermost dungeon, not just in the outer ward or the second ward, but put him in the third ward. Make sure that you guard him all night long. For the word of the king has placed Simon Peter in jail. It was not the Word of God that put Simon in jail. It is not God's will for you to be defeated. It's not God that puts you in chains and darkness and wherever you are outside of the ark of safety. Some people have talked to me and said it's just God's. No, it is not God's will For you to be in the innermost dungeon. That's the will of the king. The earthly king. Let me put it this way. The fleshly king. The carnal king. But my question today is. Whose report? Are you going to believe there was a sentence of death hanging over the apostle Peter's head? But I hear someone in a prayer meeting outside the walls of the city saying something like this, Simon Peter be free, Simon Peter be blessed. Simon Peter, be delivered from that prison. Simon Peter, in the name of Jesus, you're coming out of there. Well, our prayer's not much different on this Sunday morning. In the name of Jesus. Sister Sharon, in the name of Jesus. I rebuke the devourer. I plead the blood. And I praise God for the victory. It might have been a coronavirus that puts you where you're at. But I stand on the infallible, unchangeable word of God. I'm not ashamed of this gospel. I'm not ashamed of his healing power. And in the name of Jesus, be blessed, be delivered, be set free, be transformed, be touched by the Holy Ghost. The saints of the Most High God. We're praying for God to suspend the rules of imprisonment which Herod had placed upon the man of God, Simon Peter. I know the rules. Chains don't just fall off. I know the rules. Prison doors don't just unlock on their own. I know the rules. The iron gate will not just open by its own accord. But I also know that when God suspends the rules, I don't care what time it is, I don't care what season it is, when God suspends the rules, something powerful is gonna take place in your life. When God suspends the rules, you are a widow and the creditor has turned your sons, wants to turn your sons into slaves. I know the rule. Your husband has died. The extortioner has brought unjust usury against you and your sons. I know that you feel lost and lonely and helpless and defeated. And I know that it seems like your destiny is nothing but defeat. But if you obey the word of God, if you'll step out today on his word, not the word of a doctor, Not the word of a husband or a wife or a family member or a friend or a relative or an associate. If you'll stand out on the word of God, Jesus Christ is in this house this morning to suspend the rules and the oil will begin to flow on your behalf. Why? Because no weapon formed against you shall prosper, saith the Lord. No weapon of death, fear, doubt, unbelief, despondency, sadness, misery, dejection, depression, gloom, hopelessness. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. The enemy's plan cannot prosper. The enemy's plan will not prosper. According to 2 Corinthians chapter 10, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. But they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. And bringing into captivity every thought to what? The obedience of Christ. As you march into spiritual warfare this morning. March with the understanding that you have authority over all the power of the enemy. He's already defeated. Jesus Christ defeated him 2,000 years ago when they stretched him wide and lifted him high on Calvary's hill. Don't ever avoid using the name of Jesus Christ in your quest for victory. If you would flourish, and I know that you would, then use on this Sunday morning the mighty name of Jesus In Jesus' name, I rebuke every devil. In Jesus' name, I rebuke every sin. In Jesus' name, I rebuke the authorities that come against you. You have power and authority in the name of Jesus. Paul wrote to the Colossian church in chapter 3 and verse 17 and said, Whatsoever you do, in word or deed, Do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. I love Acts 1 and 8, but you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. The Lord wants to give you insight concerning how he's already dealt with your situation And may I say this today, when you repent, you disown your past and Jesus forgives you of your sins. I wish someone would just disown their past because the devil's constantly bringing up your past and using it against your present and holding you hostage going into your future. But when you repented of your past, you disowned it. In other words, you said, it's not mine anymore. It's under the blood. He covered it. Hallelujah. He has forgiven me of my sins. Mark chapter two tells us that Jesus forgives us of our sins. We understand that in Hebrews nine, he bore our sins. In Jeremiah 31, our sins have been forgotten Hebrews chapter 1, the Lord purged our sins. Hebrews chapter 4, he has covered our sins. Romans 11, he took my sins away. Acts 3, he blotted my sins out. Acts 22, he washed my sins away. Luke chapter 20, he just goes on. Luke 24, he remitted my sins. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, he defeated my sins. James chapter 5, he has hidden my sins. Therefore, I am no longer a sinner in the eyes of the Lord. I am saved from my sins. I confess that Jesus Christ is my righteousness. I am covered by his blood. I am filled with his spirit. I am begotten by his word. I am a new creature in Christ Jesus. I was born again of the water and of the spirit. And I will tell you on this Sunday morning, if you are only born once, you will die twice. But if you're born twice... You're only going to die once. Because when you're born once, you're facing natural death. And at the resurrection, you're facing a second death, which will launch you into hell forever. So if you're only born once, you're going to die twice. But if you're born a second time of the water and of the spirit, you're only going to die once And that's when we lay you in a grave. But when you come out of that grave, there's no more death for you. You've got victory now that the enemy can't take away from you. So if you're born once, you're going to die twice. But if you're born twice, you're only going to die once. I wish somebody to understand that there's power in the blood today. God is an ordained God. He's ordained to give you power and victory over everything the enemy's brought against you. Oh, yeah. Hallelujah. By faith, you have to say it. You have to say my sins are forgiven. I'm born again. He has taken care of my past, purged me, covered me blotted it out, washed it, remitted. It. it goes on and on. Defeated it, hidden Praise God. And here's my last statement today. If you are a sinner, the devil wants you. He's going to do his best to make you forget the sins that you're living in right now. Hallelujah. If you're, not, if you're a sinner today, his goal is to get you to a place where you feel comfortable. He doesn't even tell you about your sins. He's not going to address the sin problem. Listen to this carefully again. I want to read it to you. If you're a sinner, the devil wants wants to make you forget the sins that you're living in right now. And if you're a saint of God, the devil wants you to remember every sin that you've ever been forgiven of. Hallelujah! He wants you to remember what you were and how you were and what you used to be like. He doesn't want you to remember that that's all behind you, that it's washed away in the sea of forgetfulness. Can I tell someone right now, God's in this house to suspend the rules. You may say, pastor, you don't understand what my family's going through. It's impossible. That's good. Because according to this, He works in impossible situations. According to the word of God, he can take nothing and make something out of it. According to the word of God that we preach today, he can transform a life. That's got to happen on your behalf today. It's not just the preacher. It's not just the church. You've got to make a decision. On this Sunday morning, in this house of worship, you have to say, I want this. I want delivered. I want what God has for me. Hallelujah. You've got to to step up to the plate and say, you know what? I'm tired of listening to all the false accusations of the adversary against me. I'm tired of following suit on everything that he suggests. He is a deceiver. Praise God. My grandfather used to have down in the bottom part of the farm. You could stand up by the house and look down in the valley at his garden. And I'll never forget as a little boy looking through that fence and looking up at Grandpa and saying, "Who, who is that man down there in your garden? He's got your overhauls on, Grandpa. And Grandpa would look at me and say, that's not a man. That's a scarecrow. He's got a stick, cross stick, and he's got his grandpa's shirt on and grandpa's overhauls on and a hat, some pie pans attached to him. And grandpa would say, now see, when the wind blows, the pie pans rattle and the birds and the animals flee my garden. So I looked up the definition of a scarecrow. And according to Webster, a scarecrow is Is anything terrifying, but not really dangerous? Devil, you're a scarecrow. Sometimes you can be terrifying, but you can't touch me if I'm under the blood. It's terrifying when you walk in and you say, I'm taking your sons as collateral. I'm taking your sons because of your debt. It's terrifying. But what does the word of God say? The word of God says, go get some oil. Go get some Holy Ghost oil. Start pouring the oil out. I rebuke the devourer today. I plead the blood of Jesus today. I praise God for the victory today. I thank God for what He's going to do in these altars today. The devil may be a scarecrow, but He cannot touch you if you're under the blood of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. The problem with our society today is this. The problem with America today is this. We've been hypnotized by the adversary. We had a hypnotist come to our, to our school in, in Buchanan, Michigan when I was in high school. And a graduating class of 46, you know everybody. And we, I knew when he called certain people up to the stage, one of them was Loretta Earl, my black sister's sister, Diane. Diane went up. He called a few... Students up to the stage and he hypnotized them. And, and then, then he started saying things to them like you're watching the funniest movie you've ever seen. And they started laughing hilariously. Now he said you're watching the saddest movie. It's tearing your heart and they start crying. Real tears on the stage. There was no TV. There was no movie. They're they're sitting up there crying. He said, now the person next to you smells. Haven't had a bath in weeks. And they start going, yeah, yeah. Everything he said, they responded to, and none of it was right. And so I looked up the definition to be hypnotized. And according to Webster, it's an induced state Which resembles sleep In which the subject is responsive To the suggestions of the inducer This generation Has been rocked asleep Hoodwinked And put into a spiritual coma And everything the devil suggests to them They respond to it I say today, it's high time to wake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. This is not an hour to be listening to the inducer. This is an hour to allow the Holy Ghost to flow. Go get your bottle of oil and watch God transform your life. And watch God do a work in your life. Devil's a liar. There's no truth in him. When he speaks, it's a lie. If he says it's up, it's down. If he says it's down, it's up. Trust God. Trust God's word. Believe God. Believe that God will suspend the rules for you today. If you believe that, say amen. amen. Hallelujah. We're going to pray. I need the ministers to come. I need the ministers to come. Hallelujah. Brother Preston, I want you to get a prayer cloth for Don Call hallelujah amen brother Bethel I want you to need a prayer cloth for Dave Sudlow praise God brother Elijah I want you to need a prayer cloth for sister Keller she left the service earlier she's gone home needs a touch today hallelujah amen Kales' family is coming at this time. I love you, Sister Kales. It's been a difficult week. We've been through a lot. I can tell you this about Brother Kales and what a great man of God he was, a great usher in this church. I went into his home on Monday and uh, he did not respond he didn't he acknowledged with a nod that i was there but uh, it was it was it was sad for me to see him like that but i went back on tuesday and he passed away tuesday evening and i went back on tuesday morning and walked over to his bed and sister kales and sister jackie was there brother emmanuel And I said, Brother Kales, it's Pastor Keller. And he opened his eyes and he looked up at me. And I said, we're going to pray for you. And he said, okay. And then, Sister Kales, as we know, he made this statement. I am ready to go. And he closed his eyes. Hallelujah. I think he just got a little bit of a vision of where he was headed. Yes. See, we don't live for here and now. Right. Uh, you know, Just let me be a pastor here for a moment. We don't live for here and now. Right. We live for then and there. It's the devil's business to lie to us about the here and now and block out any memory of then and there. We're going to a better place. Yes. If you're born twice, you're going to die once. Yes. I said, if you're born twice, you're only going to die once. If you're only born once, you're going to die twice. But I've been born again. The same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is going to bring him out of that grave. Wait a minute. How can that happen? Because he's going to suspend the rules for eternity. The dead in Christ are going to rise first. And we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together in the clouds to meet the Lord. We'll forever be with him. Hallelujah. I'm tired of the devil lying to us. I'm tired of the devil telling us that that the next generation is not going to make it. That's what you think. We've got the oil. And we got a word from the Lord. And we're going to pour that oil in some vessels. On this Sunday morning, if you'll empty yourself out, if you'll just get everything out of your mind, out of your heart, out of your spirit, everything that's not right, if you get empty, God's going to fill you with the Holy Ghost oil this morning. And that concludes this podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please like, share, and subscribe. And for those of you on iTunes, leave us a good rating. Thank you for listening to the NLCC Lancaster Podcast.